You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. And so this morning, we're going to stay in the book of Psalm, which is the song book of the Bible. And the book of Psalm is actually the longest book of the Bible. And we're going to look here at Psalm 95. Let's read verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 through 3. The Bible says this, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. So this morning... For the next few moments, I want to bring a message that is near and dear to my own heart. And the title today is, if you're taking notes, is Why Do We Sing? Why Do We Sing? Let's pray and ask God one more time to bless our time. Lord, we thank you once again. We need you. Father, I need you. Help me, Lord. Carry me through this message. May I convey it uh, the way you want me to. I pray that we'd leave here this morning more in love with you. Hide me behind your cross. May you be seen. Pray for our pastor as he's away, giving the relaxation he needs and energy. And once again, Carla, Frank, and Diane, please, Lord, do a work there. And Lord, I pray for our church as well, that, God, we would submit to you, surrender, glory in your grace, lift up Jesus, lift up the gospel. We love you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. By raise of hand this morning, because I need you to participate with me, all right? Raise your hand if you're a person who likes to sing. Don't be afraid. Okay, cool. Keep your hand up if you sing in the shower. Uh, TMI. Okay, cool. All right. Singing shower. That's awesome. I was talking to Brother Vic as he came in here. I said, hey, do you like to do karaoke? And he does. He likes karaoke. Uh, Raise your hand if you're a karaoke person, right? Nobody? Okay. So nobody likes karaoke. All right. But you do like to sing. Now, here's the other thing. I didn't say, can you sing? I said, if you like to sing. All right? Not all of us are gifted in that way uh, to sing on tune or to sing a song, but you like to sing. You know, the Bible says a lot about singing. The Bible actually mentions singing about 400 times, and out of that 400 times, it's actually mentioned that there are 50 commands out of that 400 commands to sing. Can I tell you this? That God is serious about singing. For our God sings himself. As Zephaniah would tell us in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Didn't you just see how we sang mighty to save? He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy, he will rest in his love, he will joy over thee with singing. See, it's crazy how we can look at the Bible and yet it commands us to sing, but it, it just makes it so much better when we know that the God who commands us is the one who actually sings. And then, not only that, Jesus sings too. Look here in Matthew 26, 30. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Jesus was with his disciples, and they would sing together. How awesome is that? Not only does the Father sing, but the Son sings. And then, here we're going to make it three. The Holy Spirit does the work of singing in us. Ephesians 5, 18 through 19. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit leads to this. 
speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How amazing is that? To know that the triune God is a triune God that sings. All three of them. You, all three of them use us for the purpose of singing, but they sing themselves. God sings over us. Jesus sang with his disciples, and yet the Holy Spirit, one of his spirit-filled works in you, is to bring out song. And yet he, they ask of us what they already do. Isn't that amazing? That our triune God sings. Now here's the thing. We don't sing here because we have nothing better to do. We don't sing here just to fill in time because pastor doesn't preach two hours, right? We don't do that. We sing because we believe that there is a spiritual purpose being fulfilled as we lift our voices together towards the heavens to a good and gracious king. See, I look forward to every Sunday morning to, uh, because we get to gather together as a body, as a community, as a family to sing. I praise God for the musicians that we have. Um, when I first came here, we only had, uh, me and Brother Mike, we were the only ones working together, our pianist who's not here, but if you come back next week, you'll see him. No, you'll see him after the week, okay? But Brother Mike, it was just me and Brother Mike, and when I first came here, it was just us, and I remember praying, God, please give us a worship team. Uh, I started off with, Lord, please give us an acoustic guitarist. And I said, if she happens to be my wife, that would be pretty cool too. And you know the story, God answered that prayer. She sits right there, she played the piano. And it was just awesome how God began to now peace people giving our church. And then Max came, and he played our percussion. He does a great job on the percussion. Just amazing. Uh, Natalie Dalton here and the Dalton family, they're just musically gifted. And Natalie plays up here, and she does the viola for us. Uh, and then Danielle, Mike's wife, she's a singer. She has that gift of voice. And then Mrs. Johnson also plays. She also sings. And yet we got Brother Vince who's going to be playing for us hopefully in a couple weeks. And he plays on his electric guitar specials for us during the offering. God has gifted our church with musicians. And I praise God for that. And I don't take that for granted. Not every church has what we have. And I want to just say this morning that since we have what God has given to us, let's sing. Let's sing out. We do this singing because there's a purpose, and we take this seriously. Each week, we look at songs. We look at the flow. We look at, uh, does this line up with scripture? We look at it because there's a purpose behind it. Singing also is a common grace that lost and saved people can enjoy. You don't have to be a Christian to sing, right? People sing all of the times. There's shows on TV. Some of you guys watch some of these shows, right? The Voice, right? Or America's Got Talent. Or uh, used to be really popular, American Idol, right? Watch those shows. Uh, recently, I saw on my Facebook feed, there was this one kid on um, um, America's Got Talent. And he had a, a health issue. I think he had Down syndrome or something like that. Um, and, and, and I just kept seeing this on my feed. Watch this. It's inspiring. It's amazing. Um, and I watched it, and, the, and the, the kid with the Down syndrome couldn't really talk well at all. But they said, oh, and his mom was there, and his mom said, look, our son's going to sing. I'm like, sing? He can't even talk right. You know, like, how is this going to happen? And he gets to the piano, and man, it was like he was another person. That thing gave me chills. I was like, wow. And, and to be honest, what it really led me to was the beauty of how God created us. That even through that one who lives his life in such a broken way, that through music, he was able to communicate so easily, so vibrantly, and yet it brought me 
like chills and inspiration, like, wow, that is amazing. And, I, and it brought me to the glory of God, saying, look, wow, look what God can do. Brother Dalton, he's one of our deacons. He does a ministry for the nursing home. And um, every now and again, our singles group will go, our young people will go, and, and we'll go minister to them. And I, one of their favorite things, and no, no doubt on Brother Dalton, but one of the things they really like is the music. And so my wife will come sometimes, and she'll bring the guitar, and Max will play on the cajon sometimes. And you can see they're just come alive. Their vibrancy, no longer are they just sitting there. But all of a sudden, they start to come alive. They begin to clap. Some of them begin to bob a little bit, right? And it's funny, too, how music can correlate over, parallel over, to people who don't remember a lot of things, but they remember music. Um, there's a study done on that, to where people with Alzheimer's, if you play a certain song, they can come back to remembrance. And it's funny how, like, we'll sing Amazing Grace, and yet everybody in there knows that song, and those who don't talk actually sing. And so there's that power behind singing. And yet you and I are given this command to sing, but there's a different and deeper purpose when it comes to the singing of God's people. We just don't sing to sing. We sing because there is a spiritual purpose taking effect that we need to be aware of as we gather together as a body to sing. We are not just here to mindlessly mouth the song, hoping for it to be over. We are, too, we are here to sing with passion and engagement to where our minds are informed and our hearts become inflamed. See, God gave you a heart and he gave you a mind and he wants you to use both of them and both of them being informed and, in, and inflamed. Listen to this quote by theologian Legan Duncan. He says this, There is no part of worship life more in need of reformation today than congregational singing. He goes on and says this, But this reformation will not come by simply telling people to sing. Any more than telling a child to eat something they don't like makes much difference very long. We need not only to know that we ought to sing as Christians, but learn to love to sing as Christians. So this morning, I'm going to explain why do we sing. And underneath it all, I hope and pray that God will begin to cultivate a love for singing. I love singing. I've been singing since I came out of the womb. Um, I didn't go to school for singing, obviously, you can tell. I didn't go to school for that. But there has always been this desire to sing, and I'm so glad uh, that the Lord has allowed me to come, and I don't take this lightly, come every single week and become the worship pastor here to help facilitate singing. So the question is asked, why do we sing, and why should we love singing? Now let me give you some answers. If you're taking notes, here's the first reason. We sing because it deepens the word of God into our hearts. We sing because it deepens the word of God into our hearts. There are two avenues in which we absorb the word of God, okay? Through preaching and teaching and through singing. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. See, Paul right here in, in Colossians lays out for us the ways in which God's word takes residence, takes root in our hearts where the word of God can dwell richly. And that is through preaching, teaching, and singing. That is why our services have both. Because we want as much as possible to place before you the word of God. Because God's word is important for us as believers. 
We believe in teaching. We believe in preaching. But we also believe in singing. There are some Christians here, this might be you, this might not be you. There's some Christians here that say, you know what? I love preaching, but I want to sing more, okay? And then there's some of you here that are like, ah, I don't want to sing anymore. I want preaching, right? You have these two dynamics of people who come in here sometimes and go, I want more preaching. I want less singing, more singing, less preaching. And but yet, here's what I would like to encourage you. We must understand that there are, that these two elements are not to be pitted against each other. They're not rivals. They're not enemies. But they are to go hand in hand as best friends. For both of these elements are crucial for the growth in our lives. They both bring into our hearts the word of God. We understand that preaching is important, but understand this. But just as important is singing. Robert Bax said this in his book, Worship Wars. Praise through music is not on the periphery of God's plan. It is high on his agenda. The word there, periphery, means this that it's not on the outskirt or on the edge of what God believes or thinks or, or what matters. God just doesn't shove singing off to the side as if it's on the edge. God says, look, it's on my high agenda. It's at the top. And it's high on his agenda. Singing does matter. And praise and worship through music is high on the agenda. And guess what? You get to be that instrument of praise. Every single week we gather together, you get the opportunity, the opportunity to sing. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. You get that opportunity to be that instrument. So here's the thing. We make sure that what we sing is Bible-based, scripture-saturated, theologically sound. We pay attention to lyrics. We pay attention to the message of the song. We just don't sing because they are cool and popular. All right? There's a lot of great Christian songs out there that listen in your radio, listen in your car, and they're great and they're awesome. But we just don't sing because they're cool and they have a cool beat to it. And also we don't sing certain songs because they're traditional or because that's all we have sung. We sing about the gospel. We sing about Jesus we sing about the Holy Spirit. We sing about the cross. We sing about the resurrection. We sing about what we believe. And we do that so that you can go home and what C.J. Mahenny calls take-home theology. So when you come here, you get more of the Bible, and then you go home, and guess what you do? You sing it as a memorable, deep, memorizable song, a word of God, scripture put to music. So here's the thing. Be aware of the fact that you are singing truths from God's word. Pay attention with your mind and your heart. Absorb God's word in melody. You know, there have been so many times where I would be looking at the music of our church, preparing the song list, the set list, and practicing, learning, listening. And there have been many times that the, the truths of God's word would pop right out. That in no other place have I seen it like that before. And when you pay attention, when you, when you intentionally sing, God will reveal already what's in his word and pop it out to you and show you, look, you probably haven't seen it this way, but check this out. And so many times has the Holy Spirit enlightened truth in that way that I've never seen before. See, when we sing, we are taking God's word, God's truth, 
and allowing it to take deep root in our hearts. That's the reason we sing. And here's reason number two. Why do we sing? Number two, to edify the body and to evangelize the lost. To edify the body and to evangelize the lost. When we sing, there is a dualistic purpose being accomplished simultaneously. The edification of the body and the evangelizing of the lost. There was so much happening when we sing that if we're not aware and not prepared to sing, we miss out. Let's look at Colossians 3, 13 through 16. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectedness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, be uh, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And then verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So what we see here is Paul telling us to come together to allow the word to dwell richly in us, encourage us, edify us through song as we learn to forbear, forgive, and to love one another as the body of Christ. See, edification is the building up of the body. And when we're singing, we are building up one another as we proclaim truth. As we are learning through melody what is right and what is wrong, what we are growing in our love for him and growing in our hatred for sin. See, when we sing together and we proclaim these truths, there is that dualistic purpose happening. And the first one is that edification. Now, here's the thing. You're like, Brother Mike, but we don't, but there's not a lot of songs that have the word sin in it or, or, or says, um, you know, we don't sing songs like don't smoke and uh, like stuff like that. Okay? You're like, how are we learning to hate sin? By learning to love God. I remember one guy said this. You love sin and that's the reason you sin but how do you overcome a love for sin by having a greater love for god and yet week in and week out we we sing songs that build up a greater love for god and a diminishing love for sin that's why it is important we sing for it becomes true and in true and good in us we are, not, we are knowing more of the truth so that our lives may come into alignment with his will. When we sing, we are allowing God's word through song to challenge us, convict us, and change us. It is doing a sanctifying work in us. That's why you have to come in ready, prepared, getting ready, anticipating God. Continue that sanctification work in me. Singing is one of the best ways that help us along the journey of being conformed to the image of Jesus. Warren Wiersbe said this, there is a definite relationship between our knowledge of the Bible and our expression of worship and song. One way we teach and encourage ourselves and others is through the singing of the word of God. Be aware of the reality that our time of worship through song is you and I being solidified and edified by the word. But not only is that, not only do we find edification as the body, but yet here's the other thing that I think is so awesome and we miss out on, is the evangelizing of the lost. 
I think this is so amazing. God's people have always communicated the truth through corporate scene. Let me show you this. In the Old Testament faith, in the Old Testament, the faith of the Israelites was clearly heard through song as other nations would listen in. Psalm 105, 1 through 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms, uh, praise, uh, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Psalm 117. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. One of the ways that all the nations around Israel, all the other pagan nations would know of God is through the singing of God's people. That's how they would know of God. Not just through the wars and the different things, but it, a lot of it came through the singing, came through the proclaiming. Now this has carried over to the church today. The powerful effect of singing, our faith, still works. New Testament believers are given the same command. Acts 2, 46-47, look at the sequence. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We find not only that their prayer, not only that their fellowship, not only of their breaking of bread and praise God, we have a lot of that here. Not only of those things, but that also says their praising of God was used as an effect to reach lost people, to reach the lost. I'm praying that as we sing, we sing in such a way that conveys to lost people that we are found people. That what Jesus has done for us clearly affects us. That we can be evangelistic through our speaking of the gospel and the singing of the gospel. That singing can be a powerful witness. Now during the great revivals of America and Great Britain, preachers along the lines of John and Charles Wesley, you guys know who that is? Raise your hand if you know who that is. John and Charles Wesley. D.L. Moody. Ira Sankey. Not only preached, but they included congregational singing. Great movements of God almost always included singing as the Holy Spirit would move believers to conviction and edification and would move lost people to realization and repentance. Billy Graham would have congregational singing almost every event so that those who gathered the lost and saved would sing the message of the gospel and not just hear it. See, it was a double dose of the good news. And I love this. If you're writing notes, write this down. May this be our heart's passion. May the lost that walk through our doors hear the first message of the gospel in our singing as they will get the second message of the gospel from our preaching. Man, to know that we are preaching the gospel through song is awesome. When a lost person comes in here, they don't know who Jesus is, they're searching, they're wondering, they're going to leave here with a double dose of good news. And then finally here this morning, we sing because we are glorifying God. We're glorifying God. I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we come in here thinking, I hope we sing this song. 
or I hope we don't sing that song. I hope there's more of this style, less of this style. What we've done is actually placed worship on ourself and no longer is our mind tailored to glorify the Lord. So we do this, we worship, we sing to glorify God. In Colossians and Ephesians, we find the direction of our singing of praise. It says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, to the Lord, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. God is the object of our praise. And so when we sing, we're directing our song heavenward, glorifying God. Now let me ask you, what does glorify mean? What does, what does that mean? Glorifying means this. It means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect his greatness, that make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of his attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections. That's what glorifying means. So you remember when I mentioned that singing is actually mentioned 400 times? I'm going to read all 400 this morning. I'm just kidding. Damn, oh, y'all be like, what? No. But I will read some verses and we'll see the connection of singing and glorifying and how they go together. Isaiah 42, 12. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. Psalm 29, 1 through 2. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Isaiah 24, 14 through 15. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry, they shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore, glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even the name of the Lord, God of Israel in the isles of the sea. See, when we sing, we bring that glory to God. He deserves it. And yet when you and I think about who he is, his majesty, his manifold perfections, his attributes, his love, his, his grace, his working in and through us, and when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, when we surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, control, convict, work in me, when you walk through these doors and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a voice of praise, we are glorifying God. I love that we get to do this every single Sunday because I believe that God deserves our full attention and our full passion. If I were to ask you this morning, what are you passionate about? I wonder what, what it would be. I'll let you know what I'm passionate about sometimes. If you know me, I'm passionate about technology. I love technology. If you go into my office, I have like this weird wall of tech stuff. And it shows a little bit of what I'm passionate about. And then I wonder, what are you passionate about? And I'll be honest too, some of that tech takes away from my passion for God. If I don't put tech in its proper place and put God where he should be, that passion that should be reserved for the Lord, it's not there. I would say pay attention to what brings you passion. And may it be filtered, may it be 
given back to the Lord. Here's the thing. God doesn't want to steal away dreams from you. He's got better dreams. He's got better things for you to be passionate about, and he's not a killjoy. But may our passions be funneled back to where it should reside. May it be funneled back. May our full passions be there. You see through the Psalms, God's people singing with such passion, such emotion. I wish sometimes I could be transported into these things. God's people and them singing passionately for the Lord. And yet this passion and emotion, it's all stirred by the truth. Here's the thing I want you to know, that our church should be a church that sings with passion and emotion. But not emotion out of control, but emotion anchored by the truth of God's word. See, when your emotions are dictated by the truth, it will dictate good emotions. When your emotions are led by the truth, your emotions will be anchored to that. It will glorify God and it will be God's. He is all deserving. He deserves all glory. He deserves our full attention and full passion. If our God is as great as we proclaim him to be, then why do we sing to him in such a mediocre fashion? John Wesley said this. And John Wesley and his brother Charles Wesley, they wrote like 6,500 hymns. And we only sing like two. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But he said this. John Wesley said, Sing lustily and with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. Some of you guys are just waking up from the message right now. But lift up your voice with strength. Be no more afraid of your voice now, nor more ashamed of it being heard when you sung the songs of Satan. What do you think he's saying? He's saying this, before you were God's child, you sang the songs of Satan with full voice, and you weren't ashamed. But why does that change when we become the child of God and yet have something real to shout about? have something real to proclaim, have something real to praise. And yet we come into church sometimes half dead, half asleep. And yet we do this. Lifted up. He defeated the grave. But yet some of us will be at a concert the night before going crazy. And here's the thing. I'm not against your secular music, okay? I'm against God being put below that. He deserves your voice. He deserves your breath. He deserves your passion. He deserves everything. And even in song. Look, I don't want to turn you into some emotional people, all right? You praise God and you worship God from a heart that is surrendered. Here's the thing. Singing is not about tunefulness, okay? It's not about being on tune. It's about being in tune. It's about being where the Holy Spirit is leading you and the Holy Spirit will fill you up with song as you surrender to the Lord. Church, let's be a church that sings with passion, with full love, full reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, full liberation of what Jesus has done for us. Let's stop singing mediocre. I wonder what these neighbors out here hear. 
do they hear a church in step with praise and worship voice lifted up? I wonder if they could accuse us of singing too loud and too passionately. So once again, we don't come here to just fill time. We don't come here just to sing because we have nothing else to do. We come because there's a real purpose, a real reality that works on our behalf. We become deepened in God's word. We become edified by one another. And then we see the lost come and hear the gospel. We become sanctified by the sung word. We sing ultimately because our God is glorified. One question. Will you sing? Will you come in week in and week out? Even sometimes on a Saturday night, get your heart prepared. So that when you do come in here, you've got one thing on your heart, one thing on your mind. And that is to be informed and inflamed. That is to sing for the praise and the glory of our great God. That's why we sing. Let's pray.